Welcome to the third episode of Eye to Eye, a new podcast brought to you by the people behind Inconst, Malmo's premier multi-arts venue, and Intonal Festival, the annual event for adventurous minds produced by Inconst. In each episode, we bring you conversations with some of the artists we present, offering insight into creative practice and the international community of people who love music. I'm your host, Lisa Blanning. Today, we're speaking with Joseph Kamaru, a.k.a. Kamaru, or K-M-R-U. He's a sound artist and experimental ambient musician raised in Nairobi, Kenya, and currently based in Berlin. His works deal with discourses of field recording, improvisation, noise, ambient, machine learning, radio art, and expansive hypnotic drones. So, Kamaru, thank you for joining us today on Eye to Eye. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very interested to speak with you because I feel like you've got quite an interesting history, even though you're very young. And you've got an interesting trajectory too. First off, I, I'm dying to know what is the music scene in Nairobi like? Keeping in mind that you don't actually live there at the moment. First of all, thank you for having me here. And I'm based in Berlin at the moment. And the music scene in Nairobi is diverse, I guess. There's so much that's happening at the moment. And Maybe for the past few years, maybe five to ten years is when there's more musicians and producers making different kind of musics like techno and house and hip-hop and just blending all this together to make new sounds. Although what's really popping currently at the moment or in clubs, the, the, the music that will be played most is mostly house music, Afro house. And now it's this more South African ama piano style of music that's that's playing a lot in the past year and this year. But um, the scene is small in its way and there's so many producers trying out different styles of music and most producers are also producing in their bedrooms and just meeting in the spaces, yeah. Okay, that's that's actually really interesting to hear about a burgeoning electronic music scene there. How big of a city is it? Like how many millions of people are we talking about? I think Nairobi itself has 4 million people. And okay, so this is a sizable city. Yeah, yeah. And I think 60% of like the population is like in the center of Nairobi and other people are in different parts of, of the city, yeah. Okay. How did you first become interested in more experimental music? I, I would just, I use this term because I would say that most loosely that could be applicable for your music. Yeah. I began maybe my interest in this kind of music ex- experimental or the music that I'm making at the moment. And I feel this happened, I guess, three years or like five years down the line when 
when I realized that you can produce music on a laptop and having access to um, my dad's computer and starting to learn production. But then I was just exploring different styles of music, which I was exposed to. But I came across like different genres of music just through online and coming across this avant-garde styles of music. For me, this was really interesting and trying to explore this in my productions. But this was all inspired by like sounds from like outside or from my environment and trying to incorporate this in my work. But like back then, I didn't think this was like any particular style of music or genre of music that could be termed as music or sound. So ladies through like just experimenting and trying out um, this the styles of music is when I, I discovered like, oh, there's a huge community of people making this weird kind of music. And I just continued experimenting and seeing what I'll discover along the way. I figured it was probably to do with the internet. Do you recall what you first came across where, where it, I'm expecting it must have been a bit of a paradigm shift? <laughs> Because, you know, there's there's music as we know it, which is tends to be, when we're growing up, either pop music or traditional music. It tends to have melodies and rhythms that are quite recognizable and familiar. And then when mm-hmm. you start entering the experimental realm, then it's a bit like, whoa, what's this? Do you remember what it was that you first came across? Um, maybe it goes back to electronic music in itself, not even experimental, where like, I hadn't had this kind of textures in music or in dance music before because mm-hmm. I was just um, listening to maybe my grandfather's music or like hip-hop music and rap and growing up listening to mostly pop music. Then and I think there's this era when I was in high school, there was a few students who had this kind of music and we were listening to this music on the weekends and this is like EDM then, but like later is when I came across, I, I, I don't know, like I can't re- remember how like vividly, but I have like remembrance of coming across um, this label, Erase Tapes and discovering mm-hmm. like synth based texture like or mostly timbral music. And I think I came across rival consoles work a lot back I think in 2014 and 15 and this was really interesting to me and I didn't have access to like scenes or even knowing how to make these kind of sounds but just listening to how this music sounds was intriguing for me. I love this that um, thanks to the internet that this stuff can really reach much farther than any of the creators could have originally imagined. You mentioned how, um, obviously, early on you were listening to your grandfather's music. And this is something that I know you've spoken about a lot, but we do need to mention is that your grandfather is actually quite well known in Kenya. Uh, Maybe you could describe a bit for our listeners about his legacy. Yeah, so my grandfather was also named Joseph Kamaru, like me, and his music was mostly based on themes and context of music in themes of like politics, activism and 
singing in like Kikuyu. Kikuyu is like my my mother tongue and mm-hmm. using more like metaphorical and proverbs in his songs which were like very hard and vague to understand the context of what he's singing about but mostly also focusing on the people and singing um or like just sharing stories what was happening in Kenya and this is like after like independence and in the 1963 and from the 60s and 70s is when his music was really like progressive and he was known for his works and so many people did connect <clears throat> with his music from like the president aligning with him and being in close contact with the with the government to and fro against them because he was exposing so much of what was happening in the country yeah so i mean he sounds like for his era that he it sounds like there might be a corollary to American folk music which was very political but but also popular and the style of music is called benga is that correct yeah his music style or like the style of music is benga which um originally is based from like the the lake side of Kenya like the the west uh, mm-hmm. part of Kenya and also from the bantu people like luo and kikuyu and yeah it's mostly based on like, instrumentation and 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 lyrics it's also sort of like folk music but like mm-hmm. solely sung from like the people's community's language and sharing stories of like the culture and what's happening in these spaces yeah was that quite inspiring for you I, what you make now is so different sonically from that lineage but uh I'm wondering if it was quite inspiring for you to see your grandfather as a well-known musician who um was recognized and acknowledged by quite you know dignitaries and celebrities alike is that right mm-hmm. yeah actually um I didn't see my grandfather as this well-renowned legend <laughs> growing up. <laughs> I just knew he was a musician, like really famous musician, but I didn't know like how big he was cuz he was just like coming home and we were having like tea together and just chatting. But like when I was small, um I just grew up knowing that yeah, Kamaru is like a musician, but he became more um present and aware to me like oh my grandfather is somebody who is very important like in the society and this was in high school because my name is the same and I was being asked like are you related to Kamaru like in my university my professors I wouldn't miss class because of my name and we also like studied his music and all this kind of um just wanting to know more about my grandfather and in my undergrad is when i even went to like my grandfather and like had more conversations with him just to understand him more and his music yeah that's really interesting i also love that um our listeners might not know this but when you talk about things that happened in high school and university that wasn't that long ago 6 years ago you were still in high school and you're technically still in university you're doing your masters now aren't you yeah maybe 6 years ago I was wait yeah maybe it was like studying my my, my undergrad <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you, a lot has happened then in that short period of time to have this this musical legacy just sort of in the background of your life 
But you were also studying other kinds of music, weren't you? You were teaching guitar, is that correct? Yeah, I was playing. I have like a huge, I think, background in music theory or instrumentation and different aspects and aspects of music from different parts of like Kenya or because in my university I studied different cultures of music and had to like practice them or perform them from mm-hmm. from studying them and yeah I, had, I was playing guitar then classical guitar then eventually when I owned a laptop I still did play guitar and I was also teaching kids um, in my university as part-time just like to make some little money and at the same time I was like producing and learning production yeah again a universal story of um, someone who's interested in music and then sort of gets seduced by how different electronic music is Um, and now I feel as though your practice has evolved even further um, because your earliest releases as you say uh, you were inspired by more dance music and your 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 earliest releases you actually have beats you're making dance music (laughs) and you so you started out making really different kinds of stuff and where you are now is is different. Can you describe that journey? You you talked about how just the process of listening opened up for you. I guess it's also influenced by like the music I was exposed to, like maybe growing up and I didn't grow up listening to any experimental music. Maybe maybe my grandfather's music or like this hip hop which was super loud was experimental to me, but like my ears weren't much developed then to like maybe appreciate like different styles of music or I didn't have access to this but um, I remember when I first discovered that I can make a beat on a laptop I, I just started making like drums and programming drums this was more free form just trying to make an arrangement or a piece of music and share with my friends or share on SoundCloud and make another project and share again. And that's how like most producers also currently in Nairobi just um, get to know what their friend is making. And it's like peer sharing um, mm-hmm. songs and learning from this environment. And then we weren't like so many producers who were making sort of electronic music or electronic dance music, but Um, And this was influenced also from like having access to the internet and seeing what's happening online and discovering all these super famous DJs and producers and Mm -hmm. wanting to play in these festivals and all (laughs) these ideas (laughs) that I might play here. And yeah, so that's how it just evolved and I think the space of like the music that's still there is that my earliest works were, were more of trying to find myself or just understanding like music in itself as it is. And the more I, I produce like these styles of music and even performing in schools, like using traditional music of my grandfather and fusing it with Ableton instruments just to create something new and like danceable and 
having this huge palette of sound and like how I can make them to sound musical later is when I discovered the more I pay attention to like the sound elements and not even the musical elements, I found myself leaning more towards listening and and when I make something, I have to like listen what I've made and trying to interpret it like in my own way. And I found myself not using drums and just using sounds as they are themselves. And all this changed when I bought a field recorder. I didn't have a sound card, so I bought this Zoom and I used it as my sound card. Then I, I later just kept using it as a recorder to record sounds. And I remember like the first time putting my headphones on and listening to like the sounds outside was like, wow, there's so much sound that I was missing out on and I could use this as um, like a library of sounds to to make something new. And Mm -hmm. eventually I came to understand like this practice and art, art of field recording and trying to like go deep into it and discovering artists like Chris Watson and Jana Winteren and their works. And this just also became a huge inspiration of what I'm doing right now. And mm-hmm. it's just been in constant learning and being <clears throat> more aware of my environment and sound and listening, both with my ear and my body. Yeah, I would say that you have a very well-developed philosophy of listening now, that this is something that you've thought about quite a lot. And there's a lot of ramifications with that. I wonder if you could actually explain some of it for us. Yeah, um, I think also this dates back to like where, like this the location or like the residence I was in like 16 years before we moved to a new space because I was born and raised in a place called Carioco and the place is very close to like the city center in Nairobi. It's very noisy and the noise floor of this like residence was super loud and this is what I was exposed to like as a child. And when we, when our family decided to move like outside the city for a bit, this changed how like everything sounded and things were slowed and I could be able to listen and capture, like identify this is one singular sound which I can hear and listen. And this was something that I think I wouldn't have if we didn't like make the shift with the family or when we moved is is when like my environment became so close to me because the place is very green and not so many people also like stay there and you have access to like nature. Like I realized like every space and this place is they sound and like they resound and this also you, you realize that every material and surface have this acoustic properties that you can use. And for me this was like really interesting that I could just like record sounds in the house and make something with these sounds that I've collected and make a composition or a story based on on these objects that I, I find and also just being aware of like what's happening around me 
mm-hmm. and also not really having to record it because you can just like be outside and stay still and listen and try and remember like what you've had and come and um write that in a composition or something yeah so it's just like a constant um like training and untraining your ear about like how you've been told how to listen and trying and find new forms of listening through through different spaces and locations you 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 find yourself in It was interesting because you talked about um, Chris Watson and Jana Winderen being inspirations now. And we often think of these artists more as field recordists, which of course that is the bulk of what they do. But going along that line, do you consider yourself a sound artist or a musician? Um, I think my work cuts across both because um, mm-hmm. yes, I do consider myself a sound artist and I use sound as a source of composition although some of my works can be termed as music although I, I, I tend to lean more towards sound as the basis of most of my work yeah these are these are fine distinctions which I'm, I'm not sure uh, everybody will appreciate but certainly anybody <laughs> who has an interest in experimental music should be able to work out um, but I will say that I do think it's the case that a lot of your output is actually very musical. Uh, and I suppose it probably depends on what mood you're in at the time. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, it draws back to like the emotions and I, maybe aesthetics or like um, situations where I find myself when I'm writing the music that I share or release and just being sonic conscious of what I want to like share to the people or like the music I'm making and also with my work I usually start much from field recordings as the basis of compositions because I do record a lot or have like recordings which I've done and there's always um, something that inspires like creation for new works based on um places I've visited or sounds I have. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking to myself that um, I see very much how your work sits, particularly in a European tradition, but um, who are your contemporaries in in Nairobi, for instance? Obviously, we um, another Kenyan producer that um, people interested in underground music will be familiar with is Slickback. Uh, he's often associated with the Niege Niege uh, label and festival, um, mm. but his work's very different than yours, I would say. And uh, when you say that other artists in Nairobi are making electronic music, I, I'm not that surprised about that, but um, I'm, I was quite surprised to hear about a producer who is, well, a sound artist from Nairobi. Um, and is there a strong experimental scene there? People making this music, which is not even for the club, which is really for particular listening environments. Yeah. Um, 
it's quite small, like very small, like a handful of people who um, who make this kind of listening or adventurous styles of music or just experimenting with sounds. And to me, it was also a bit difficult. Um, I know like my music does sound Western, although I don't feel that um, that's how it should be like. Uh, well, because I, 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 I've had like these conversations where people try in Nairobi where the people try and understand like my music. Um, I was having like trouble trying to explain to people like I just wanted to listen, not like to dance to the music. I've had these conversations with like Slick Park also that the scene has been homogenized so much by like the DJs who are playing shows in Nairobi every every weekend and like the audience is only exposed to this to this music so for example when I was booked to perform like a techno set back I think in 2016 or 2017 I was trying also to play some few of my listening tracks and people would just like fade or just like leave the space <laughs> And also I've had, <laughs> I've had hard time performing sometime. I've had like the best shows in Nairobi and also like some of the worst where people did just like didn't get what I'm, what I'm doing. But like, it's this like thriving and just pushing through, like making people understand. Cause I've had shows where people were like so amazed by like the sounds and you could like have this connection with the audience that. I wouldn't have expected like people would appreciate this music here. Like I'm, I'm using like source material, which I collect in Nairobi and it's relatable to the people there. But when I put it in like performance context of peace, um, that's when they realize, oh, this is like something I can understand and even the language or, but it sounds different. And um, yeah, we like the, the experimental or electronic communities is broad, but only few people are are just trying to like push through because it's hard for sure. Like I was thinking just on last year that what will happen if I don't like get my masters like and move here, like I'd have still been like in Nairobi just pushing through this. And that's even one of the reasons why I started like this workshops in Nairobi with my friend just like exposing people to like new sounds and teaching them like different techniques of producing or just having um just sharing what like I'm exposed to and all the all the stuff that I have learned on my own and giving it back to like the people who are like coming into the scene and wanting to produce yeah I I One question I'm really interested to know is what's it like to go from no one listening to your work to quite a lot of people listening in a short period of time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was so unexpected or wasn't even <laughs> like mentally planned that um, <laughs> like so many people would listen to my music. And it's like a, a huge overjoy 
and like at some point um i always think that the music i've been making is now uh so many people like enjoyed and sometimes i'm like thinking like did they really like this music or <laughs> but um it's always motivational and inspiration that so many people at the moment um enjoy and relate to my works and it just keeps me going and doing what i'm doing i'm just always making and um finding new um inspiration from listening or from places of i'm exploring but yeah i've been busy the most busiest like this year and i wasn't expecting this also like the fact i'm i'm doing my masters it's yeah but i'm not trying to burn out i always <laughs> um relax much and get enough rest yeah <laughs> well i uh, maybe we should tell um people listening what your masters is in yeah so um i'm doing my masters in sound studies and sonic arts here in berlin at udeka seems appropriate i wonder <laughs> i wonder if you've already if you've already internalized everything that they would teach you on such a course though it sounds like you you go into that course having already thought quite a lot about these things yeah that's also was a, a need for me to access like this information or just to be in a space where people think about sound like in this context about like what's happening like in our society sound wise and just engaging mm-hmm. in these conversations with artists and um scholars and yeah it's just inspiring to see what people do and learn from them also yeah i i thought that um reading your essay uh, on the norient website one of the things that struck me the most is this idea of an ecology of sound which is not something that we really think about that much even though sound is very much um an important sense a, a, a hugely important sense we do a lot of blocking out of things we don't even though it, we might hear it physically we don't register it or we don't take it in and um and the way that sound can can literally affect our environment on a physical level is uh is these are the, the, the you start to realize just how interconnected everything is yeah um i think there's this anthropocentric way of like listening holy just with your ears and there's the idea that or like notion that our world is like very polyphonic and there's so much sound to to hear and learn from and a lot is being silenced and this imbalance of like our environment where some sounds have to be raised higher to be heard or like in cityscapes for example a lot of places in in Kenya you'd find like people hawking or trying to like sell clothes on the streets but they have to be higher like the other person cuz like there's so much mm-hmm. noise also in the street and you have to like raise your voice to be heard it's also something similar with like the natural habitats with the birds or animals where they have to be pitched higher or like sing higher so that they can be heard by their 
different mates and it's something mm-hmm. that's not really considered in people are not so aware of this and it's only maybe scientists or people who do like research you'll find this um research or text based on what's happening like in the sonic environment and as an artist it's also uh interesting to like know what's happening and also try and create works or installations where people can experience and know and learn about what's happening in our sonic environments well it's so very thought provoking um and and beautiful to hear these considerations in your music so i'm very glad to see you getting a larger audience and people paying attention i hope that that means that there's a greater awareness in the things that you're talking about as well as the sounds that you're representing i'm just hoping like people will be more aware and and listen more cuz there's so much to learn from from listening Yeah, yeah, that seems to be a theme that's been very important for you throughout your life and thank you for bringing that up because it's go- it's, it's something that I'm going to try to internalize as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh thanks for this. Um we look forward to seeing you play at Inconst or for Intonal very soon. Yeah, looking forward to and thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.